Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, though? You are listening to I'm Probably Right, and I am Reggie Watkins. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. And make sure you find us. I know you found us, but make sure you find us everywhere else you can get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, um, Tune in, uh, Believe.com, the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. My man Kevin Cleveland's running the boards, engineering, producing. Kevin, what's cracking? How you doing, brother? Reggie, I'm doing fantastic. As we talked in the uh, pre-production meeting, I got this new arcade one-up game, Blitz uh, Football. It's a uh, almost full-size arcade replica of Blitz Football, like we all remember back in 99, 2000 era. And I've been having a lot of fun with that. Aren't you lucky and, and very rich buying all the <laughs> little, little little wealthy wealthy Kevin over there? Got the pinball machine, got the video games. Yeah, these things are brew, piling up. Hole. I'm gonna have you over. Yeah, so I love it. We're gonna get together. Love, yes, real. yes. Let's do that. Well, you know, we'll, we'll have a little get together and chill and, and, and have some fun. Um, this week we are going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys because I know y'all been with Dallas Cowboys and Cooper Rush. We of course are going to do Reggie's picks, but first up. So, last night, we had the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Miami Dolphins in Cincinnati. And all everybody's talking about today is what happened uh, last night in the game to Tua Tonga Bailoa. Uh, he got slammed to the ground and literally is on the ground. And I, I, I mean, I was jokingly when he was on the ground saying, oh man, my man's throwing up gang signs. Cause his hands, his fingers like stuck in such a way. It just looked insane. And then of course I thought, oh, after that, oh, he's concussed or he's got some kind of injury, something. Um, and immediately after that happened at the end of the game, at halftime, the end of the game. And then hell we're talking this morning, all we're getting is all this hindsight 2020 and rush to judgment about what should have been and what wasn't done. And it's literally driving me crazy because I'm in group chats with friends and everybody's got their own opinions. And it's always tough to talk in group chats, Kevin. I don't know because I fashion myself as a know-it-all. Um, you know, my wife could tell you that and she it drives her crazy. But I am kind of a know-it-all uh, when it comes to sports because I pay. I, I literally do this all day. Kevin, I watch these things, I read these things, I study. In between my acting, I'm doing sports. That's that's what I do. <laughs> Since I was a kid, I've read the sports pages, always watched Sports Center, always been online checking all this stuff. And when I talk football with people who don't know what the hell they're talking about, it just drives me crazy. And I don't know why I do it, but sometimes I just get bored and I want to try to get people to understand and learn things, right? So I got friends who are going crazy and, you know, they're they're calling for people to get fired. People should get fired. But nobody was calling for anybody to get fired when, if you watched the game this past Sunday where the Dolphins beat the Bills, Tua looked like he was undoubtedly concussed after he got slammed to the ground. His head hit the ground. He got up, was woozy and wobbly, and and then had to have a lineman come pick him up because he he almost fell over again. They it went to they went to halftime, and I thought for sure. Tua is not coming back to this game because I have him on both of my fantasy teams too. And I was like, oh damn, I'm done, right? But halftime comes and goes. 
Tua is out there in the second half. And not only is he out there in the second half, he's throwing a bomb to Jalen Waddle, and they come back and win. they win the game. Everybody thinks everything's fine, right? Because the NFL has these protocols, and you would think the NFL has already been through all this stuff with concussions and CTE and all this stuff, that their protocols are going to be stringent to make sure that they don't have to have these lawsuits or people getting this kind of, uh, these put themselves in these situations again. So immediately, if I'm a person watching, I'm a fan watching, I'm thinking, okay, he must have not had a concussion. He must have cleared the protocol, and he's back out there, and he looks fine. They go through the week. Uh, we're all ready for, and it's a short week, so he only has three days to prepare for this Thursday night game. And I'm watching the, the news. They're saying he hasn't practiced all week, but he's there for the walkthroughs and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay. And then I find out that he's starting on Thursday. I'm like, okay, he must have been fine. They called it a back, uh, they said it was a back injury when it happened on Sunday. And anybody who knows anything about football or seeing people hit their head and get woozy you you have to assume it's concussion like that's the only thing it could have been but they're saying it's back and why are they saying it's back probably because if they say that it's concussion and he's in the concussion protocol there's no way he can play on a short turnaround for thursday if the game had been next sunday maybe he gets to play but thursday no way he's clearing in that time frame right so we get to thursday he plays I'm watching the pregame. Nobody's talking about, oh, Tua shouldn't play. They're like, oh, he's out there. He's going to play. You know, he had this thing. He said it was his back, and he must have cleared. He's, he's fine. Gets out there, and the freakiest thing happens because he gets slammed to the ground the exact same way he got slammed the week before, and then I think that set him off. So, and who knows? I don't know. This is This is the thing that I think is the most troubling part of this is, how do you stop the player from getting themselves back into the game, right? Unless the coach or the authority takes them out and says, yo, you're not going to play. The player, of course, is going to try to play, right? Because we built up this culture of tough it out. And not only tough it out, yo, if the other 52 guys on this roster who the Dolphins, the Dolphins are 3-0, the, 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 second, the only other undefeated team in the league is the Eagles and the Dolphins, right? They're 3-0. Tua, who hasn't had the blessing of like the ownership. This, this is a brand new coach that wasn't his. The coach didn't draft this guy. Tua's out there finally getting a chance to play, and he's got the highest QBR. He's rolling. He does not want to come out. He doesn't re want to relinquish this. Of course, he's going to try to get through the protocol. And if he clears said protocol, all the guys on the team are watching him. Yo, this dude cleared protocol. So if he clears protocol and he's not going to play, what are they going to say? Immediately, all these players are going to say, oh, this dude don't want to win. This dude don't want to win. So either he sits out and says, you know, I'm not, I'm woozy. I'm not going to do it, which is most athletes are not giving them the choice. If he feels like he can go in there and go back and play, he's going to try to tough it out because this dude is also trying to get the bag. He's trying to get the bag. He wants to get a contract extension after next year. I believe they could do it after this year. They could extend him after this year. That dude wants to come out here and ball and show he's the man. And from all for all intents and purposes, like if, if we keep it real about Tua, he's not like that far above replacement. Right, he doesn't have the strongest arm. Like if you watched the game last night, he tried to throw a deep ball and it just hung in the air and almost got picked off. Right? Like so he's and he's got a backup behind him in Teddy Bridgewater who 
isn't that far off from a Tua. If, if you give Teddy Bridgewater these kind of weapons, what could he possibly do? He's never He's been a starter in the NFL for years and never had this kind of offensive weaponry around him. So Tua knows that. That dude comes in, what if I never get a chance to play again? So that dude's going to try to play. And I hate that all these analysts and everybody wants to talk about this now when they said nothing after he was back in the game in Buffalo. The whole, we had four, we had four days. Everybody could have been on ESPN. Stephen A. Smith, all these dudes who want to be calling for somebody to be fired now could have all been saying there's no way Tua should be in this game. They start a groundswell and that's how things happen everywhere. The media is more powerful than people actually give them credit for. If all these guys decided to say, yo, why is he playing? Yo, something's got to be done. He would not have been playing. But because nobody made a big deal of it, the guy goes out there and then a freak accident where he gets slammed the exact same way. He played a quarter and a half of football and then it happened to hit his head the exact same way, concuss. And then everybody's rushing to just, oh, well, he shouldn't have been out there. I can't believe they put him. And you got to save the player from himself. Yeah, you got to save the player from himself. And all these people who are calling for somebody to be fired, yo, who do you want to get fired, right? This is, and this comes to like the whole cancel culture thing where somebody just wants to see somebody play, pay. They want a pint of blood from somebody, right? But who are you going to fire? So there's an independent neurologist that's on the sidelines for the, for the Dolphins, right? There's the team doctors. All they're doing is their job. They put the guy through the protocol and the guy passes the protocol. There's nothing to do. Now, I get it. There is part of the um, the NBA's concussion protocol that says if somebody exhibits a uh, woozy or, you know, um, behavior that looks like they can't, that, that they should not be in the game or they, they can't stand or can't walk or whatever, they immediately should come out. But also, if the guy passes the test and said that he says he's okay, what is the team supposed to do? Right? Now, the team can pull him out, but the doctors can't pull him out. The doctors aren't saying, yo, yo, this guy can't. If he passes the protocols, they got to let this guy play because it's the NFL. It's entertainment. Players are putting their bodies on the line for us, for our entertainment. Right? So, so it sucks because this is the game that we chose to love. So I don't understand now when we have all this stuff, right, that comes out and they want us to fire coaches somebody wants to get fired Stephen a smith was on tv today somebody needs to be fired i need to see somebody who so we're gonna fire the the the, the doctor the neurologist right that's what we're gonna do they don't have that power they have to go to the team and tell the team the, the player doesn't have the power to decide they're gonna stay if tua if tua is out there and he's concussed guess whose job it is to take him off you want somebody fired Mike McDaniel should be the guy you're looking at. That's the guy. The head coach is in charge. He's right there on the field. And, and I had, had a friend of me argue with me this morning. The coach doesn't have the final say. The player has the final say. Are you out of your mind? Like, when does a player have the final say? If a player is stinking up the joint, who pulls them out of the game and benches them? If a player sucks, who decides he's not going to start? It's the coach. Well, well, he went over and told him it was, you know, he could give him his final say. He, he's going to give the player the final say. Yeah, but he has to have he has to have that power to give him the final say. And that's exactly what Mike McDaniel did. He let Tua, he let Tua make the final call. When as the head coach, you're making this money, you're in charge of all these people, all these things. It's your job to make sure that you save the players from themselves. Because they will run through the damn wall if you don't if you don't stop them.
That's why there's a corner guy in boxing with a white towel. He's in charge of that. He throws that white towel in, the game stops. The boxing match stops. You go and take Tua's helmet, it's over. He has no chance to play. But of course, Mike McDaniel is going to let this guy play his play because they're 3-0. They want to be 4-0. They want a chance to win this game. They've got an offense that they're trying to get together and make sure it's humming the right way. And I'll also proffer this. I don't think that the Miami Dolphins really think that Tua is their guy. Because if Tua was really their guy, 100%, they weren't worried about it, weren't thinking about it, they would not have put that guy back out there on the field. And now people can say, what about Herbert? You know, oh, well, just, Justin Herbert was out there. It's two different things. I, I was arguing this, uh, this morning. Yes, it's two different things. The ribs is the whole deal, right? If I'm the head coach of the Chargers, I'm pulling Justin Herbert out the same way. But I can understand Justin Herbert saying, I'm going to go back in there and play. It's pain tolerance, right? And I can understand people saying, well, this is a head injury. You got to do this and that. Yo, it's still two players deciding they want to play the game. And what are you supposed to do if the guy says that he passes the protocol? Maybe he's lying to you. Maybe he's not. But if he's if he's lying, he, he got through and he's out there. What are you supposed to do? So if you're not going to take the helmet away from him, you're putting him back out there in harm's way, and now he plays and he gets concussed, who's at fault? It's the organization. It's Mike McDaniel. It's Stephen Ross. It's the whole organization because you can't put Tua in that situation where you know he's trying to get the bag. He's trying to stay in control of this team. He's been hurt. Everybody thinks he's brittle. That guy wants to come out there and show everybody that he can get through this. And now they're in trouble. Well, I don't even think they're in trouble because I don't think I like I, two. Like I said, Tua is on all my fantasy teams. I have him on both of my fantasy teams. Now I'm gonna miss the dude because he's gonna be gone for some weeks. They cannot trot him back out there. And he after after everything, they took him to the University of Cincinnati Hospital and they cleared him. He got back on the plane and went back home. And I got people bad that he went back home. Yo, we're not doctors, dog. Like I'm, I'm arguing with people who are just I'm arguing with people who are actors and you know what I'm saying um and policemen, Doug. We're not doctors. If the doctor said my man is fine to go, he's fine to go. Let them mal let let them file a malpractice suit somewhere if something ever happens to him. But they cleared the dude to go home, so he goes home, and now he's saying he's he's fine. He's not really having any symptoms or experiencing you know any kind of trauma or whatever. But because of the optics, and this is what we always do, we need a video, we need some kind of visual that makes us have the outrage, right? It's not enough to just hear that it happened. Because if we hear that it happened, we'll forget about it and act like it does, it didn't happen. We have to see it. Like we had to see Ray Rice hitting his, his wife for us to actually give a damn. Because there's tons of people who have had domestic violence and we don't give nearly the outrage, right? Don't give nearly the outrage unless we actually see it happen. We see police shootings. I don't need to see that. I've already heard that it happened. Why do I got to watch the damn tape? It's enough. And so we get this visual of him being stumbling and falling, and we get the visual of his hands, and now there's no way the Dolphins could put that guy back out there for weeks. He's going to have to be out for at least two weeks. I think, I think at least two weeks, hell, if he's out for just one week, they're going to have problems. People are going to be going crazy. We just saw this man's hands crippled. And... I'm and I gotta take it to football because that's what we're here to talk about. I don't think they really miss a beat, and that's probably why Tua was trying to play through all this. Teddy Bridgewater, he he comes in last night after not really playing with practicing with the ones and throws an interception on the final drive, trying to get them down so they could win the game because uh, Mike Gusecki went inside and 
Teddy Bridgewater threw the ball outside, got intercepted, right? They'll work on that and get that fixed together. But I don't think they really missed too much of a beat with Tua being gone, having a veteran like Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, to me, is the best backup in the NFL outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, which uh, I would go ahead and push Teddy Bridgewater up after what we saw from Jimmy Garoppolo this past week in Denver. Sorry, ass. But that's what it is. It's a gladiator mentality. Next man up. And that's why Tua stayed in there and risked the brain injury, risked the cervical, I mean, neck, all this stuff for our entertainment. So maybe we need to start thinking about how we talk about these guys when we're praising people for trying to fight through or be tough for something when they should not be trying to be tough to appease us or appease other people. They need to be tough and appease their family and their well-being and their lives. That's what we need to start making sure that people are taken care of. Not us and our eyeballs and our couch and our TVs. We'll be back after the break. Yeah, so America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, won last Monday night over the New York Giants, who were 2-0, um, led by atrocious Daniel Jones. I don't even want to say, you know, this is the thing. I got to be better about the way I, I categorize these people, right? Because people take it so literal. I'm saying atrocious for effect. Daniel Jones is one of 32 NFL starting quarterbacks. Do you understand how hard that is to be? Okay. I'm not comparing him to you or I when I talk about this. I'm talking about comparing Daniel Jones to other good quarterbacks in the NFL. And compared to other good quarterbacks in the NFL, which there are about 12 he is atrocious okay he's he's god awful um and and you can make the excuse that he was running for his life because they're playing the dallas defense the dallas defense is really really good we're going to talk about that in a second the dallas defense is really really good but daniel jones is just not good he's not good and you can talk about he doesn't have the weapons whatever yeah yeah no 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 no. he's just not good the guy holds the ball too long he doesn't make decisions fast enough sometimes he's inaccurate he loves turning the ball over he loves fumbling the ball Right. So that's what happens when you have this guy's quarterback and the Giants are telling you they think he's atrocious because he's in the fifth year of his deal the last year and they have not given him any kind of uh, restructuring of the contract. Nothing. They haven't even talked about it. No, thank you. We'll wait. We'll wait for you to get through this and you'll be gone. Right. Um, But the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott got hurt in the first game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Cooper Rush comes in. Uh, 28 years old. I think he's been with the Dallas Cowboys for six seasons and he's uh, been the backup for the last couple of and they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Cooper Rush, you know, finishing out the game. Then I believe the second game they played, jeez, I got to find this. Uh, oh, they played, I want to say the Carolina, no, I, Kevin, we got to find that. I know they won the second game, right? They won the second game, barely. Um, but their defense showed up and showed out again, right? Then they played the New York Giants, the third game. And the defense came to ball again. They're up two and one. And now you got people starting to talk about, is Cooper Rush the starter? Should we keep him in there even when Dak comes back? And to that I say, have y'all lost your damn minds? See, this is what makes me upset about people talking football, especially when they talk about the quarterback position, because people just make it so easy. They make it sound so easy, right? Listen to me and listen to me good. 
if Cooper Rush was a starting quarterback in the NFL, it wouldn't have taken him to 28 to become one. Okay? These guys see talent. They know talent. They want to get all the talent they can on the field at the same time because guess what that does? It helps them win games. Cooper Rush is doing what backups are supposed to do. He is doing what backups, what you hope a backup does. Come in and don't fuck up the game. That's it. That's all he's doing. And what the Cowboys are doing, which is what they should be doing with Dak, and I've been saying this forever, forever, is stop treating Dak like you're paying him 40 plus million dollars. Because they are, they're paying him 40 plus million dollars, but they're treating him like he's a quarterback that's worth 40 plus million dollars. A la Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Dak Prescott is none of those guys. None of those guys. He's a really good quarterback who should never be throwing the ball 40 times a game. Never. Last year, last year they played against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first game of the season, and Dallas Cowboy fans were taking that as a moral victory because they barely lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Dak Prescott threw over 50 times. And I'm telling these fools, yo, you lost the game. This is not a recipe for you guys to win. He is not that quarterback that should have the ball 50-something times a game. You give it to him, maybe 30, maybe up to 40. But you need to have a balanced running game. And lo and behold, when Dak gets hurt, they bring in Cooper Rush, who they're going to lean on the running game with and let Cooper Rush do play action and do all that stuff. Guess what happens? The defense is able to carry them to wins because the quarterback isn't being asked to do everything in the world and putting the ball in harm's way. They get Dak Prescott out there and they start trying to sling the ball all over the field. And that is not the way to play. And who do you blame for that? The coaches and the owner, Jerry Jones. You paid the man, but it doesn't mean you he has to be the man. Right? When Dak comes back, which I... I Dak, listen, listen to me. Dak Prescott is a far better quarterback than Cooper Rush. He's more mobile. He has a better arm. He's better accurate. Oh my God, he's a better leader. I mean, I'm just saying that because I was in a commercial with a dude, which I hope still comes out. I don't know. There's some trouble. There's some talk about it. it might not come out. I don't know, but I need, I want that money. Um, Dak Prescott is, uh, he's, he's, I'm going to give him a top 12 in NFL quarterback. He's a top 12 NFL quarterback. You put all the good pieces around him, and you see what he does. You give him Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, the guy puts up almost MVP numbers, except for when it counts, right? Because he's not a franchise. He's not a game-changing quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. He's just not a game-changing quarterback. You got Dak Prescott. You do not need to go searching for another quarterback. You need to search for good things to put around Dak Prescott to help him win, right? That's the difference. You got Dak Prescott, you've got a chance to win. You've got Daniel Jones, you need to be looking for a new quarterback. If Cooper Rush is your starting quarterback, you need to be looking for a new quarterback. So what the Cowboys need is to get Dak Prescott back healthy, right? And they don't even have to do this. But the problem is going to be they're playing the Washington Commanders this week. They're going to win this game. Carson Wentz is on the other side. Uh, the, the, Carson, Carson, the, the, the Commanders have given up so many sacks. Michael Parsons is at home salivating right now. Michael Parsons and, uh, and uh, uh, what's his name, D-Law, they're going to lose their minds rushing the quarterback this week. The commanders have no shot, okay? <laughs> no shot against this defense. So 
Cooper Rush is going to win another game. Now they're going to be three and one. Dak said he might be healthy enough to play this week, which he's not. He's going to have to take this week off. And why would you bring him back against the commanders? Let Cooper Rush go in there and play a, a safe game and win that game. But the tricky one is after that, guess who they play? The LA Rams. So what do you do? Do you rush Dak back or do you let Cooper rush? Well, now if Cooper rush gets to four and one, right? If he's, or if he's three and one, you've got to let him play against the Rams. Then what happens if he beats the Rams, which I don't think is going to happen, right? You, you, happen. Let, you let that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that one is going to happen, but by some miracle, if he beats the commanders and the Rams and they get to four and one, then they've got the Eagles, right? They've got the Eagles. They're going to lose that game. They're going to lose the game to the Eagles for sure. I think they're going to lose to the Rams. They're going to lose to the Eagles. But then you got them at four and two, and I think they got the bye after that. What do you do? Because there's going to be this groundswell of people calling for, well, Cooper Rush is just getting it done. And I hate that stupid, uh, you know, that, uh, what do they call it? What, what, what is that? Um, when people are just so dogged in their ways, right? The tra tradition of it. Well, you know, we can't mess up a good thing, bro. Put the best player back in the game. Just do it. Trust me, Cowboy fans. You have a good thing right here. You've got a great defense. The pass rush has made your entire defense. That pass rush makes all your backline defenders that much better. Micah Parsons is that damn great. He makes everybody else on that team better. The defense is so much better. You run the ball. Tony Pollard and Zach, I mean, and Zeke are thunder and lightning. Those dudes are pounding the rock, taking turns. That's what you do. You have a good offensive line, a good run block and offensive line. When Dak comes back, you just run the damn ball and let him be a game manager. There is nothing wrong with manage, managing a game if it's managing it to a W. There's absolutely nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Right? I'm not, I, I would not be angry. Like, you guys, you guys know me. I hate Jimmy Garoppolo. Why do I hate Jimmy Garoppolo? Because he won't manage a damn game. He will manage a game for you to lose. Right? When we when we go to the playoffs and he only throws the ball eight times, nine times, I'm not mad at that. That is the recipe for success. We won. Good. If we could do that all the time, let's do that. But there's going to come a time when we can't just throw the ball eight times a game, nine times a game. We need that dude to be able to scramble. We need that dude to be able to make something happen. And Jimmy Garoppolo can't do that. Dak Prescott can. That's what they've got. And I don't even know why I'm trying to give Cowboy fans hope or say something nice to them because I hate the Cowboys. Literally, I hate the Cowboys and the Raiders. I do not like that those teams. I, the fans are even worse because they're nauseating. But chill. Simmer down. You've got a franchise quarterback. You've got a great defense. You've got a good running game. Let the things play out. You guys might be surprised what happens if you just stay out of the way and keep Jerry's ass up in the booth and off the microphone. He's out there talking about, I would love a quarterback controversy. No, you don't. No, you don't want no kind of quarterback controversy. Let that come back and do his damn thing. Uh, I'm getting sick just even giving y'all hope. We'll be back after the break. Uh, uh, uh. You hear that coming? You hear that coming? Yeah. That's Reggie's picks, baby. That's Reggie's picks, baby. Hey, Kevin, I've been on a roll, right? I, I, I think I did good last week. Tell, tell the people what's cracking. How have I been doing? You've been doing good, Reg. Um, I am playing all good. your picks in my league, and I am second place. So you are treating hey. me well. Hey! 
<laughs> Look at that. We gotta get you to the first place though, baby. We get you to the first place. Yeah, only this game week, out. Reggie's picks. All right. Yes. So I'm gonna give you. We're gonna go off the spread. I'm gonna tell you whether or not to take the points. I'm gonna tell you whether or not to take the money line. I'm gonna give you a little info about the teams, and y'all let me know how I do. I'm. I'm but hey, Kevin's in second place. Tell me what you got. Let's 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 do it, Kev. Let's do it. So we're recording this on Friday. Uh, we already watched Cincinnati beat Miami. They did cover the minus three and a half mm-hmm. um, with their crazy white helmets, which looked like snow leopards instead of Bengals. I don't know what the <laughs> hell that was, but whatever. All right, we move on. Minnesota at New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans getting two and a half mm. at home. Battle of the South. New Orleans is getting two and a half. Yep. New Orleans is getting two and a half at home. However. The home game is actually in the UK. Yep. Okay, this is the first London game that we got here. And I'm, I'm imagining that everybody in the UK must hate the NFL because all we do is send them trash-ass games. Okay, <laughs> So we got the Vikings playing against the Saints. The Saints are going to be without Jameis Winston. And I know everybody out there might be thinking, ooh, good, Jameis is gone. But guess who's behind Jameis Winston? It's Andy Dalton, the red rifle that don't shoot nothing but blanks no more. The Minnesota Vikings are going to cover this two-and-a-half-point spread. Take it, book it, lock it. Next. Love it. Buffalo at Baltimore. Baltimore's getting three-and-a-half. And remember, Buffalo just came off a loss. Ooh, this Okay, Kevin, this game right here is a two-Americas game. Okay, yep. And what I mean by two-Americas is the country gets split because we got this balling-ass white boy playing quarterback who can run around and do some things, and he was in the same draft as we got this balling-ass black dude playing quarterback <laughs> for the Ravens who can run around real fast and throw the ball, too. And the, it breaks down on racial lines. You get people losing their minds, talk about, well, Josh Allen's better than Lamar, and you got other people saying Lamar's better than Josh Allen. I can't wait for this game because you know I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. I'm on record with saying if this dude can stay healthy, I think he will be the greatest quarterback of all time because he's just the evolution of the position coming to fruition. Now, the Ravens are at home against the Buffalo Bills. The Ravens' defense has not been great. They've been injured. But guess whose defense is also injured? The Buffalo Bills. They're missing seven players. uh, They've had seven players out this past week. Now, we'll find out who ends up playing and who doesn't. But I think it's going to come down to who can run the ball, who can enforce their will. The Buffalo Bills, through three weeks of this season, have not been able to run the ball well. They've been relying on Josh Allen, and I don't think that's a recipe for success. I'm not saying Josh Allen's not great. I think he's a franchise game-changing quarterback. But that guy should not be throwing the ball 50 times in a game. If they're throwing the ball 50 times with Josh Allen, they lose. I think the Ravens at home get the dub here. So I would take the Ravens plus three and a half. Book it. Next. Absolutely agree. Chicago at the Giants. Giants are minus three and a half. This is a a horrible game. The (laughs) Giants are minus three and a half? Yep. Oh, God. This is terrible. This is a horrible game. And it's in Chicago. So in Chicago, the Giants are are favored by three. That means... It's Chicago at New York. Oh, it's at New York. Okay. At New York, so the Giants are favored by three. Okay. So this is just a basic pick them line, basically. The Giants, even with Daniel Jones, should be able to win this game. The Chicago Bears have nothing around my man Justin Fields. He has the lowest completion percentage in the league. I feel so bad because I wanted this dude. I thought he was going to be really good when he got to the NFL. But you can't be good when you don't got no good around you. And Daniel Jones, I don't think he's good, but they got a good defense. They're at home. And they got Saquon Barkley. And I think that's going to be the difference in the game. I see it being a very low-scoring game. 
but I would mess around and take the Giants minus three and go ahead and add on, take that under. What Can you see the under there, Kevin, the over-under? Uh, I do not, but it's... Okay, whatever it is, it's take low. the under. I'm yeah. a guarantee it's the under is probably is probably about 39 or 40 points. Take the under. Next. Agreed. Uh, Cleveland at Atlanta. Atlanta's getting a one and a half points. Oh, this is another dog of a game, yep. right? Another dog of a game. Atlanta is getting one and a half points at home, which means that the Cleveland Browns are favored, and rightfully so. Cleveland Browns have an awesome running game. Um, their receiving core, Amari Cooper, showed up from the dead, even though last week he looked like he was dead when he was running out of bounds and caught a ball and kept running and acting like he never went out of bounds. Craziest thing I've seen in so long. But Cleveland Browns are just better than Atlanta Falcons. Marcus Mariota is a terrible quarterback. Kyle Pitts is being wasted over there, and he's on my fantasy team, which very much sucks. But, yo, go ahead and take the Cleveland Browns. Their defense, and now, oh, Miles Garrett. I think he's going to play. He had that car accident this week, and his car is all messed up. The dude was in a Porsche. That dude is too big to be driving in a damn Porsche. Get you a damn SUV or Range Rover, Miles Garrett, so you ain't running around flipping over and all that stuff. But I would take the Cleveland Browns minus one and a half. Book it. Next. Uh, Jacksonville at Philadelphia. Another crap game. No! Whoa, this is a great game, Kevin. Well, Hold Philadelphia's going to destroy Jacksonville him. is two and one. No, they are not. This is going to be a game. What's the what's the spread? Uh, so Philadelphia is minus six and a half. So Jacksonville got oh got to win by seven. Six and a half. Yep. I am taking uh, Kevin. I've been right. taking Jacksonville the past two weeks. Right. I'm telling you, they've got something good going here. Trevor Lawrence. Where are they at? They're in, they're they're in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yep. I guess Trevor Lawrence and his hair, hair maybe could win it. Tre- <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is coming out. He's playing within the system. Doug Peterson, a Super Bowl winning coach, has got this team on the right track. Okay. They got a good defense. They got a good pass rush. Yo, now the Eagles, I think, are one of the best teams in the NFL. But they haven't really played anybody, right? True. This is, I think, going to be the best defense they've played so far. We're going to see. I'm not touching six and a half, right? I'm not touching six and a half. I do think the Eagles win this game. I would just take the money line. I'm not touching the six and a half, even though it's right there. Now, if it gets to seven, seven and a half, if it gets to seven and a half, I would take the Jacksonville Jaguars on the points. But without that, go ahead and take the money line, take the Eagles. But I think it's going to be a really good game. This is is one of the games with Baltimore uh, Ravens and the, the Bills and the Eagles. Uh, Jacksonville. These are the two games of the week. Next up. Interesting. I I look forward to seeing that. Uh, okay, we got the Chargers at Houston. Mm. Houston's getting four and a half. Nobody gives it. Yeah. Houston's getting four and a half. Yeah. Um, and the only reason they're only getting four and a half is because they're Justin home. Herbert looked god awful last week. Well, he's right? got broken After ribs, having right? broken ribs. <laughs> yeah, of course. He should look awful. And so he came out last week and played and looked absolutely terrible against the Jacksonville Jaguars who ran them off the field. Now they get to go play against the Houston Texans who are not good at any facet of the game. Now, if Justin Herbert is healthy, they blow them out. If he's still recovering from this ribs and he can't really throw the ball, they still beat them by four and a half points. Take the the Chargers. Trust me, book it. They're going to cover. Next. Awesome. Another dog matchup. I don't know. I don't like this week's matchups, but we got the Jets at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. a god-awful game. <laughs> this is god-awful. And people are talking about Kyle – or no, Zach Wilson might be back. Right. The Jets would hope he doesn't come back. He's god-awful. <laughs> They've got Joe Flacco in there. They got the ghost of Joe Flacco in there making a couple of plays. Hell, they came right, They came and came back and beat the Bengals a couple weeks – I mean, not the Bengals. They came back and beat the Browns a couple weeks ago. Yo, so for this game right here, does not matter. Nobody cares. Right. Minus three and a half, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's, I believe, is it in Pittsburgh? It's in Pittsburgh. It is, yeah. You've got Trubisky, who I don't think is that good. And if you watch the games, the receivers all hate him because he never really throws in the ball where it's supposed to be. But they're at home. I think they'll be able to run the ball in the Jets. Trubisky will be okay. The defense can hold up until T.J. Watt comes back. The Jets just don't. The Jets just don't have anything. I mean, I don't care if they bring if they bring Zach Wilson back. They're just not a good team. Uh, take Pittsburgh minus three. Next. Agreed. All right. Uh, here's interesting for our division. Seattle at Detroit. Detroit is minus five and a half. Jared Goff could be a spoiler in this one. Dude, I got him on my fantasy team. I put him in instead of Tua this week because I, I didn't think Tua was going to be that effective. I didn't I didn't think he was going to play. So I put Jared Goff in and thank God I did. Right. Jared Goff. Played a good game. Has actually been balling. Yep. He's he's a top twelve quarterback statistically this season so far. Now they haven't played a bunch of people, but they're not playing anybody this week either. Seattle's not good. Nope. Their defensive secondary is terrible. Jamal Adams is out. Geno Smith. Now Geno Smith is playing okay. Can he put some points on the Detroit Lions? I don't think so. I think the Lions cover this, and I think what you say is only five and a five half. And a half. Yeah. But five and a half. Jamal Williams is going to start at running back for DeAndre Swift. Jared Goff is there. Now, they're going to miss Amon, Amon St. Brown, which sucks for me because he's my one of my starting wide receivers. But I still just trust the Lions. I don't know if I trust them for the five and a half here. So I would take the Lions and the money line. Just don't trust the points without that receiver out there. They lost their number one receiver. I just don't trust that, that kind of points. But I think they got enough to win the game. Next. Agreed. Tennessee at Indianapolis. Indianapolis uh, minus three and a half. Another AFC dog fest. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, this this matchup is the game, the matchup of the two best running backs in the NFL, True. right? Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor, which I happen to have both of them on alternate fantasy teams. Uh, Derrick Henry's on one of my fantasy teams, and Jonathan Taylor's on the other one, right? So I want this to be a ground-and-pound game. I hope both of these guys score a million touchdowns, but I know they won't. Only thing I can say is I don't like either of these quarterbacks. I don't like Matt Ryan. I really don't like Ryan Tannehill. But if I had to pick between one or the other, give me Matt Ryan because he's been an MVP before. So what's the spread again, Kevin? Uh, Indy is minus three and a half. So Tennessee. Indy minus three and a half. Yeah. Hmm. I think I'd take that, man. I just think that they're a better team. I've watched Tennessee. I don't think they're that good. They got a, a win over the Raiders last week. The Raiders are trash. Um, don't take much value in that. I think this is going to be a good game, a good divisional game. I'm going with Indy minus three and a half. Next. All right, here we go. This is a classic American matchup. Washington at Dallas. Dallas minus three and a half. And we just spoke about Dallas and their quarterback. Cooper Rush. Oh, yeah. We talked. So we so so we already talked about it. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is three and a half point favorite. They got Cooper Rush, who's just not messing things up. And they got that defense with Michael Parsons that is just out of this damn world. And they're playing against the commanders with Carson Wentz, who is boo-boo. So it doesn't really matter. Like, the commanders aren't going to get anything done here. They can barely score any points against the Eagles. They couldn't score any damn points. They're just not a good team. Um, And so I'm taking the Dallas Cowboys, minus three and a half. Book it. They should cover this next. Got it. Arizona 
at Carolina. Carolina's minus one and a half. Oh, almost picked. This up. is a dog of a game. Yeah. And they're at Carolina minus one and a half. So basically, this is they're they're saying the Cardinals are going to win this game. They picked the Cardinals to win this game because the card the, the Carolina Panthers should be a should be at least minus three for being at home. They're yep. not even getting the three points. Yep. The Cardinals have something the Carolina does not have. They have a quarterback that they actually believe in. A quarterback who can make things happen. A quarterback who can throw. A quarterback who can run. They've got Kyler Murray, and the Panthers do not. The Cardinals will win this game. Baker Mayfield just is not good. He's he's really, he's really, really bad. He's been really bad. So I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Just take take Arizona Cardinals plus one. They're going to cover for sure. Next. All right, we've got an AFC West matchup. Denver at Las Vegas. Las Vegas is actually minus two and a half. Oh, this is another dog game. Like 0-3 uh, yeah. Raiders well, yep. who Derek Carr looks like Derek Carr. Uh, Devontae Adams has went has come over there and looks like his soul got snatched because he's playing with a whack quarterback who can't get him the ball, and they're double-covering him everywhere, so there's nowhere for him to go, right? And then on the other side, you've got the Denver Broncos, and I was at this game last week, Denver Broncos between the 49ers, right. and I got to tell you, Russell Wilson should be arrested <laughs> because he stole $160 million yep. from the Broncos. For the next five years, he is shot. Take him out behind the barn, Paul. He is. It's done. Old I'm watching dude, he can't get the ball. Oh, man. He can't get the ball downfield. And there's a little kid behind me. We're watching the game. There's a kid behind me yelling, oh, Russell always throwing to the running backs. Even the kid sees the man as a check down king. It's not good. And they've got outside receivers. They were booing him in the stadium. The Raiders are minus two and a half. Just because of what I watched, I just don't know if Russ has anything anymore, and I think the Raiders have to be desperate enough to get this win. Are they in Vegas or are they in Denver? Uh, Vegas. In Vegas. Oh, I got to take Vegas two and a half because they're going to win by at least three points, I imagine. I'm taking Vegas, man. They got to get a win. I just don't. I watched the Broncos. They're not good. Next. Agreed. Biggest uh, spread of the week is New England at Green Bay. Green Bay minus ten and a half. So they're going to have to win by two touchdowns pretty much. Yeah, probably yeah. Will. Green Bay, <laughs> Green Bay minus ten and a half. Yeah. Well, the problem is Green Bay has no real weapons. They have a running game. They have no wide receivers. I mean, they got this Dobbs dude, and they got Alan Lazard, who's supposed to be the number one, but nobody really is stepping up and doing that. And they got Aaron Rodgers, of course. And the New England Patriots don't have Mac Jones, which I don't think really made too big of a difference because I don't think Mac Jones is that good, anyways. And yeah, the Patriots aren't a good team. The bank, the Packers should win this game by the 10 and a half. This is a large spread because the NFL usually don't want to take a, 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 a double-digit spread. But in this case, uh, check the weather. Where's it at? It's in New England, yeah? No, it's in Green Bay. So It's, it's still, in Green Bay. Still oh, it don't matter. Don't matter. Don't matter. Yeah. yeah. Take, take Green Bay 10 and a half. I think they're going to blow the Patriots out. They okay. got Brian Hoyer probably starting. Yeah, it's no, – no, no. Take, take, take the Packers. Okay, next yeah. we go to Kansas City at Tampa Bay, which I don't know if that's actually in Tampa Bay given the current hurricane conditions. Yeah, Hurricane Ian is rolling through there. But I just saw today that they are actually going to play the game in Tampa Bay, right? So we'll probably have wet conditions, uh, you know, maybe windy. It won't be the best weather. So we're going to have to have running game. However, Tampa Bay Buccaneers ain't been running the ball too well. And quiet is kept, Tom Brady has looked like 
Dude, I'm sorry. I know he doesn't have the receivers with him, but even without it, he just doesn't look like he looks like he's 45. He looks like he's 45. And the Chiefs are coming in here with Patrick Mahomes. I know they're missing Tyreek Hill. They're coming off a loss to the Indianapolis Colts when they had no business losing that game. I think the Chiefs come in here and get this done because I don't think the Buccaneers have enough. Evans comes back after being suspended, but I just don't see Tom Brady being able to uh, and I know the Bucks have a great defense. Their defense is really good. So I think it's going to be a really tough, tight game. But I got to go with the new blood here. I'm going with Patrick Mahomes. Um, I just don't trust Brady right now. He's got to show me. And I might be wrong on this, but I'm just going to go with, I'm gonna go with Mahomes. All right. And last up, our game, Rams at 49ers. The Santa Clara 49ers, as we should call them. Uh, Santa yes, Clara is you. minus two and a half. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, we're getting we're this. we're giving two and a half. Yep, we're giving two and a half. Yep, this is insanity. Okay, yep. and the only reason we're getting the two and a half is because we're at home, no, right? They're trying to say three. we should be a three yep. point dog, but we're yep. they're taking half the points away. But what they're not understanding is Trent Williams is out. We've got our best, maybe the best offensive lineman in the game is not going to play. Okay, and guess who is going to play? Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo <laughs> who is. Trash. Thank the man stepped out of bounds on a safety, but he only got saved because he got the safety, or he would have thrown a pick six. He's god awful. He's terrible. And I wish these Jimmy Garoppolo apologists would just stop and just just be a just be real. He's terrible. He sucks. The Rams should come in here and win this game. But you know what the problem is, Kevin? Yep. This is the kind of thing that always happens with Jimmy G and his fans. Okay. He will look god-awful one week. The next week, he will do just enough to win us a game that we should not win. And then people will forget what their eyes just showed him last week. And everybody will be calling Jimmy G a winner again. So I'm just going with the trend. Kevin, even though I know they should not win this game, I think the 49ers will win this game. It's just what Jimmy G does. And they will cover I the just three. have to take him. I, they're going to cover the three. I think I take the Niners in the three. I just think they right. will. Also, because I don't know. I haven't been, I haven't really been watching the Rams, but I know your offensive line is still not exactly. that good. Exactly, banged up. We I lost, know you guys can't two. run the ball. Exactly, yeah. but um, we're getting it yeah. done, and I'm going to disagree with you, obviously, because we both have our, wear our badges. <laughs> and next week, we will find out what happens. But uh, I think the Rams are going to pull it off, and I think they're going to win by seven. Oh, man. So oh, man. Okay, we Kevin might have to have a little picks. side bet. We have to have a little side bet. Okay, <laughs> Kevin go. picks. Okay, but, yo, those are Reggie's picks. Do with them what you want. Make some money. If you make some, send me some. You've been listening to I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. Yo, find us. Where you find your podcast? Apple, Spotify, uh, TuneIn. Uh, hell, I think we're on SoundCloud. Um, and the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. My man Kevin Cleveland's running the board, engineering, producing. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, yo. Talk to y'all soon. Peace. Peace out. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.